Welcome back to this week's edition and episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby beach Patterson, and as always, joined by head men's basketball coach of the Briarcliff University Men Chargers, Coach Marks Figuera. Coach, another week. How are we doing this week? Oh, doing all right. Um, you know, just typical Sunday stuff, Bobby. All good. And for, for those that uh, obviously no one can see here, uh, except for me, but we talked about it a little before the episode. So you're actually in your office uh, tonight, which is a little different uh, than normal. Uh, what's the reason for the office? What do we got going on tonight? Well, I am on a couple NAI national committees and just getting some prep work done for a meeting tomorrow. Just making sure I've got the I's dotted and T's crossed, as they say. So... You know, no, no distractions, no chance of my dog barking, nothing. Just me in the office with the door locked. Gotcha. Gotta love that. But, well, hey, we're just going to dive right into it here, Coach. Uh, two games here this last week uh, came away one and one. Uh, first, let's start in Fremont here this last Wednesday. Took on a Midland team who came up to the Newman Flanagan Center earlier in the year. Uh, overtime game, they came away uh, with an 11-point victory there. Uh, but we were able to go down to Midland and came away with a really nice 80-63 to win. And, and just from watching the game, I mean, right away, on the defensive side, once again, guys are pretty locked in. Uh, but, I mean, offensively, too, you look at it, 46 first-half points. Uh, that's not bad when you're looking at uh, uh, just statistics there in that first half. No, and, and I'll be honest with you, I thought we started off a little slow offensively. Um, I thought we made a couple shots that maybe weren't great shots, maybe not quite what we were looking for. Um, but, but we did settle in there and, and really got some, some great things going late in that first half. And, yeah, you know, 46 points, and we, we shot a really high percentage, and we did for the entire game. And so that's always good to see, you know. And then defensively, you know, I went back and watched the game. And, and after the game, I thought, yeah, we were okay defensively. But then I went back and watched it. And, and there was about a five-minute stretch where we were not very good in the first half, maybe around the 13 to 8-minute mark in the first half. But at, outside of that, you know, the other 35 minutes, I would say we were bordering on elite defensively. And I think the stats backed that up. We held them to a really low percentage. We rebounded the ball pretty well. Um, you know, points per possession is a big thing for us. And, and we held Midland to 0.92 points per possession, which is really, really good. You know, I wish we would have had or, or not had, I guess I should say that that five minute stretch. But, you know, Midland's a tough team to guard. They, they've got a lot of shooters. They can really spread you out. But all in all, really, really good effort from the guys. And, you know, with that six point lead at halftime, we were able to extend that pretty quick in the second half. And then, you know, felt like, you know, sometimes in the game, you just get a feel. It felt like we were up like 12 points the entire second half. And I think it ended up 17 was the final. And, you know, really good to get another road win. And it's always good. You know, we don't really talk about revenge or anything like that because I don't think that does us any good. But, you know, you don't want to get swept by a team either. And, you know, to, to get back that win after we dropped one at home, that was good for us, and, and we were happy to get out of there with a win. Yeah, and it, and it kind of was a little bit of two halves, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, because you look offensively in the first half. I mean, at halftime, we're sitting there with 46 points, and then uh, when you break it down after the game in the second half, I mean, we held a really good 
uh, shooting Midland team to only 25 second half points. So if you look at it offensively in the first half, might have had a slow start, was able to kind of pick up that rhythm and pace that we always uh, been hearing you stress. But I mean, defensively in the second half, holding the team in Midland, who, like Coach Drake said in the episode last weekend, I mean, kind of similar to Briarcliff in the sense that they got shooters scattered all throughout the floor. Uh, they like to get a lot of threes up. And you hold a team like that to 25 second half points. Yeah, like I said, I thought our guys were pretty dialed in. I thought we executed game plan-wise. And, you know, we were a little frustrated at halftime. Their two leading scorers had 31 of their 37 points. And, you know, you don't want to let that happen. You don't want to let the the two leading scorers get the bulk of their points. But at the same time, they're both good players that can that are capable of making a lot of shots and, and making some tough shots, which both of them did. And so, yeah, coming back in the second half, you know, there's one little spell there where we weren't great, gave up an offensive rebound, gave up a couple easy layups. But all in all, really good effort on the defensive end. And that's, you know, if we're going to be at our best, we need to be really solid defensively. We need to be really good offensively, but we need to be really solid defensively as well. And, and I thought we were really good defensively. And I thought for the most part, we were really good offensively too. We missed a couple shots in the second half. Didn't score as many points. You know, you can attribute a little bit of that to the pace slowing down a little bit in the second half. And, and part of that was by design on our part once we got the lead. You know, there's no sense being in a huge hurry to shoot in the first eight seconds of a, of a possession when you have a 12, 14-point lead like we did for a lot of that second half. Absolutely. And and a couple of good individual performances, too. I know Connor Gross came away with 20. Uh, Kyle Borhave, nice 14 and 7 night. And then uh, really good 14 points coming off the bench for Nick Hoyt. So some good minutes and points off the bench there as well. But uh, went down to Fremont, got a nice 80 to 63 win uh, against Midland there on Wednesday. And then Saturday came back home to Newman Flanagan Center. Uh, played a played a long, athletic, and aggressive Dakota Wesleyan team. Came up on the short end, uh, lost that one 75-68. And we've kind of said it time and time again. And I know based off the of previous episodes when Coach Wilbur's been on, I mean, obviously you've said too, a lot of respect between two programs. And two programs, it kind of seems like doesn't really kind of matter what season or what year the other teams have. And I mean, it's always a really close game, really kind of back and forth. And unfortunately, just didn't go the Chargers way here uh, Saturday. Ended up losing 75-68. And Kind of another thing, too, watching it got off to a little bit of a slow start. I thought uh, offensively it looked like maybe rushed a little bit uh, than what you'd be uh, used to or what you would like on the offensive end. And then right away, uh, defensively, uh, kind of gave up some buckets uh, in and around the paint, uh, which kind of seemed to give them a little bit of some rhythm there right away. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we'll start defensively. You know, one of our big keys, in fact, our number one key to the game was we really wanted to try to limit the easy stuff for Dakota Weslin, the rhythm threes where guys' feet are set and, and there's not a, a real strong contest. We wanted to take away some easy post touches. And I don't think we did a very good job of that early in the game. And they were able to, to get some easy buckets. And, you know, when, when you get easy buckets early, because we've been on the flip side of that too, you get a lot of confidence. Other things start to open up for you a little bit. And all of a sudden, that team's really hard to guard. And I think that's what happened. And then on the offensive end, I think you hit it on the head, Bobby. I think we rushed some things. I think we took some tough shots without really moving the ball, without really getting to a second action or a second paint touch, which is something we really wanted to get. And, and so we struggled to really get good shots early on. And we turned that on a little bit in the, in the back half of the first half. Um, we were down 14 at one point and, you know, we're able to cut that to six at halftime. Um, 
but I, I just I had a nervous feeling because I thought they were really comfortable offensively, and, and that, that makes me nervous when I think the other team's really comfortable offensively. You know, and then the second half was, was just a pretty good game. You know, I think they pushed the lead to nine. We tied it a couple times. I don't believe we ever took the lead. Um, and then when it came down to it last couple of minutes, they made a couple big shots. We missed a couple shots. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, came out with the loss. And, you know, that ends a, a nice streak we were on. You know, and I, I think the, the moral of the story and the lesson we have to learn from this is you need to, you need to be ready to go from the get-go. And, and that's not to take any way, anything away from Dakota Wesleyan. I thought they played well. I thought they really guarded us well. I thought they executed offensively really well. Um, but I, I thought at a couple different points, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit. And, and that's frustrating because, you know, we haven't done that. And it's not, it's not, and like I told the guys, it's not the loss that disappoints me. It's that I don't think we did everything we could have done to win that game for 40 minutes. And that's, you know, it's a learning experience and it's something we can, you know, as we go into to film tomorrow and get back to practice tomorrow, we can, you know, really hone in on a couple things and, and emphasize a couple things that, that we're not good at. It's just, we did not do a very good job yesterday and we need to get back ASAP to doing those things well. Yeah. And it hasn't even been a month's time since that first game uh, against Dakota Weston here at the beginning of January. Uh, and you look back at that game up at the Corn Palace, I mean, the split actions and that Princeton action, especially the guard-to-guard -guard screens uh, for Briarcliff especially was uh, really good offensively, uh, a lot of confusion for them defensively. Uh, but then you look at uh, some of the different things that Dakota Wesley was running here on Saturday. I mean, their sixer action with the, the entry to the wing there and that back screen seemed to have a little bit of confusion there for a couple possessions there for the guards that able to got a couple and ones, a couple easy layups for them that ultimately kind of gave them uh, that rhythm that they were talking about and everything too. So um, as far as defensively, yeah, I mean, then offensively too, you look there a little bit of a three, four minute spurt, just had some trouble scoring the basketball, but ultimately was able to close the first half on a nice run, uh, cut it to six. And I mean, you mentioned it too, just in the second half, this was pretty hard to kind of get over that hump here. So uh, tough one here on Saturday, but I mean, looking ahead, coach, another big week, uh, especially this time of the year, one end the season on a high note. Uh, on Saturday though, uh, Dakota Wesson uh, comes away with a 75-68 win. And then coach, you look forward here to this week. I mean, two big time games and we'll start with Wednesday uh, playing a Mount Marty team uh, who's coming to the Newman Flanagan Center. You look back on it though. Uh, it's been a while since we played Mount Marty, but when we went up to Mount Marty came away uh, with an 82-74 win and uh, James Sounds just this last week traveled to Mount Marty. Mount Marty came away with a really big time win against them. So uh, really confident uh, and excited team coming down uh, to the Flanagan Center here on Wednesday. Yeah, and you know, that was a long, long time ago. You know, we're talking would have been mid-November. So we're, we're coming up on 10, 11 weeks since we played them, which is pretty much the opposite of the situation we were in with Dakota Wesleyan, where that was a really quick turnaround. But, you know, you look at their record and, and you know, they're in 10th place in the league. But, you know, you look at their wins, they beat Concordia, who's currently second place in the league. They beat Jamestown, who's currently in a tie for fourth place in the league at Jamestown, which is a tough place to win. They've also played some teams really tough, played Morningside tough, played Northwestern tough. They've gotten better throughout the year. And that's, you know, you kind of expect that to happen with a first-year head coach and a lot of new stuff they're doing. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they're getting better because they 
have some talent. They're really long and athletic and physical in a similar way to what Dakota Wesleyan is. And they're a team, you know, we, we won up there, but you can't expect to just, you know, like I said last week, you can't expect to do the same thing or play the same game or even have the same game plan to play them the second time. And, and they, they create some, some potential issues for us with their size and with their athleticism. But it's a game where, you know, we need to make sure after Saturday that we're, we're ready to go from the get-go we're, we're dialed in and, and, you know, to elaborate on that, I don't think that our guys weren't ready to play on Saturday. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that we executed the fundamentals of what we do from the get go and for an entire 40 minutes. And that's what we need to do because if you're doing what your basic stuff is or your fundamental stuff and a team's taking it away, well, now we can adjust, but when you're not even doing it, and it's not working, you can't adjust much because you don't know exactly what to adjust because we haven't done what we wanted to do. And so we, we want to make sure we're ready to play from the get-go. And, you know, we're going to have to take away a lot like Dakota Wise. You have to take away your easy stuff. You know, you have to take away some easy scores at the rim. You have to take away rhythm threes. And then offensively, you know, Mount Marty's been guarding people really well. You know, just look to their last game. They held Jamestown 59 points. And I'm not big into, you know, bulk scores or all that. It's all about efficiency, but that's impressive. Jamestown's a good offensive team. They held them to 59 points. And so we need to make sure we're ready to execute and, and we're ready to really work to get the shots we want to get and, and be okay with sometimes using 24, 25 seconds of the shot clock to get that. Yeah, and with Wednesday's game coming up here, we talk a lot about practice. And a couple of the guys that we've had on the show, they always talk about how competitive uh, the practices are. So after a game like yesterday, coming into a practice like tomorrow, is there anything that maybe you or Coach Forbes is kind of saying to the guys, or is this kind of a group with a lot of the experience and, and uh, upperclassmen leadership that you can kind of just trust them to kind of take the reins and say, all right, guys, today – Saturday happened. We got to brush it off. We got a new week here. I mean, we got to bring the juice today. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think, you know, we're going to watch some film of it because I think we need to see it and, and show the guys exactly some of the things that, that we didn't do very well. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're not going to overreact to it. We don't, we're not, you know, we're not going to, after first loss in quite a while, we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. We just need to make sure we're, we're executing it a little bit higher level than we did and you know we have to make sure our practices are good you know from here on out really look three weeks of the regular season left this is the time where you know we're not practicing for two hours we might be on the floor for an hour hour and 10 minutes hour and 15 minutes max you need to really maximize that and make sure you're getting something out of it and you know whatever the emphasis or the focal point is we need to make sure we're really dialed in on that to prepare for for Wednesday and then Obviously, we'll do the same again as we get ready for Saturday. For sure. And we talk about Wednesday here. Uh, game times for Wednesday. Mount Marty coming to the Newman Flanagan Center. Women's game about a tip off at 6 with a men's game to follow at 745. And then, Coach, we move uh, to that Saturday game here. Uh, Crosstown rival going, playing at Morningside. Uh, and a Morningside team that's always tough. I know Coach Miller, first year uh, 
guys, they're kind of going through some rotations there. I know they're battling a couple injuries right now, but uh, a couple of the rotation adjustments they've made, it seems like it's kind of paying off for them. I know the scoff guard is uh, starting now, playing some really big time minutes for them, playing a lot more confident and free. And then their guards with Emig and Potomac are playing really well right now. So uh, you look at a Morningside team, no matter if it's home, on the road, uh, just in general, I mean, Morningside's always going to be tough and it's always a tough place to play uh, across town there against Morningside. Yeah, and it, you know, Morningside's been playing pretty well. Look at it, you know, had a nice win against Northwestern um, last week. They're, you know, they're tough, they're physical, they're aggressive defensively. Um, you know, like you said, they, they've had a couple injuries that have, have altered their lineups a little bit, and that's obviously – you can't worry about that because that's that's out of their control. So it sure is heck out of our control. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a fun game. I'm I'm guessing it's going to be a packed house like it generally is when we play. And I say it every time we get ready to play Morningside, you you have to go have some fun because I don't believe if you look across the entire NAIA, I don't know that you'll find a better rivalry within the same city. You know, there's plenty of cities that have one or multiple NAI schools, but you look at the tradition, you look at the history of the programs, the success of the programs, the crowds we play in front of, and man, that that that's what small college basketball is about. That's fun. You got again, you got two good teams, both in the top as of right now, three in the league. And, you know, let's go over there, give it all we got and and let the chips fall, as they say. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a game that you have to be really good defensively. You can't, you can't give them transition points. They're so good in transition. They're really fast in transition. And then offensively, they're really aggressive. And if you turn the ball over, they're probably going to score in transition going the other way. And so you have to make sure you're really sure with the ball, you're strong with the ball, you're making good decisions with the ball. And with their aggressiveness and physicality, you have to make sure the actions you run, whether it's ball screen, off ball screens, cuts, you have to run that at a, at a great pace and you have to be aggressive with it. Because if you back away, it's like blood in the water for morning sites defense. They're going to come at you and they're going to keep coming at you. And so, you know, there, again, there's nothing outside of, you know, what we do that we need to do different necessarily, but we need to make sure we really execute at a high level and, I'll say it again, you know, don't get caught up in, in everything else. Just go have some fun too. Cause that's, that's a fun rivalry. And, you know, I don't know that our guys necessarily always realize how, how special it is to have that in our city. Yeah, I agree with everything you touch base on. I think another thing too, that uh, makes it uh, a key playing at Morningside, especially with, with the rivalry and the big crowd is, I mean, the communication uh, got to be pretty key too. And I, I feel like, especially with, uh, the senior leadership that you've got, I mean, with, uh, with Jaden and, and Quinn and, and Nick and just all those guys. I mean, communication is another big thing that plays a part, especially when you're going playing at Morningside. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, when anytime you're in a loud environment, just the little things, you know, like on free throws, when the other team's shooting, we're going to call something out. We're going to call a set to run. And it, it might only be in a loud environment. It might just be one guy that, that hears it. And you have to make sure – that that's communicated to the other four guys on the floor and everybody's on the same page because it takes one guy to screw that up. And a lot of times if that happens, it's a turnover. And I already said, that's not good, but also on the defensive end, you know, especially in the second half when, when their offense is on the other end of the floor from our bench, 
those five guys have to be really dialed in and in sync with each other and really, really communicating. And, you know, I think a lot of times you, you think about communication in basketball, you think about the talk, but there's two parts to that and they're equally as important. You have to, you have to be able to hear and listen and be able to, in a split second, comprehend that and execute what you need to execute. And so that's something we'll definitely be, be honed in on this week um, for both games, but in particular going on the road to a, what's going to be a loud environment, I would imagine, on Saturday. And yeah, Coach, you look at a two games here this week where Briarcliff fans can get to those games where Wednesday hosting Mount Marty and then Saturday playing at Morningside. So going to be a couple really great atmospheres. Uh, definitely want to encourage fans to get out to those for sure and cheer on the cliff. So. Well, with that, we're going to work our way into uh, one of my favorite segments that we do. Uh, a lot of fun and a lot of insight here, and that is the life rules for this week. So, Coach, uh, what do you have for us here this week? All right. So, you know, my wife gives me a hard time because she says I recycle and reuse my life rules a lot. But a lot of times something happens during the week that prompts me to think of something or reminds me of basic life rules. And when you're in a parking lot that has angled parking spots those are one way and nothing irritates me more than somebody going the wrong way down a one-way parking lot lane because it screws everybody else up and it congests things and unfortunately it happened to me twice this week and once I was walking through the parking lot the other time I was getting ready to back out and you know the same way you pull your car in that's the way the traffic goes in that particular aisle so it's not that hard, but let's pay attention to that and, and make sure we handle that accordingly. You catch that happening more so at a specific area, like a grocery store, and you kind of see it everywhere. Oh, well, you see it everywhere. Um, you know, I don't do a ton of shopping, and I don't – this time of year, the only thing I really do is go to the grocery store. So this did happen at the grocery store twice, and the Hy-Vee on Hamilton has angled parking spots – and obviously that's very difficult for some people to comprehend how that works. I've never asked this too. Are you a, are you a parallel parker? Are you good at that? Or are you kind of a person that if you see one, you would much rather drive somewhere else, walk the extra steps and not parallel park? Oh, I, I'm generally going to be best parking spot available. I have no problem parallel parking. You know, my, my dad taught me how to parallel park at a young age. It's not that hard. Use your mirrors. Pay attention to what's going on. It's not that hard. I, I fancy myself a, a very solid parallel parker, but I'm always going to take best available, whatever that is. Well, now that you got the truck uh, rocking here compared to the Charger, I mean, it got to be a little more difficult with the truck to parallel park, I would imagine. Well, yeah, just because it's a little bit longer, sits up a little bit higher. But, you know, if you know how to use your mirrors, it's really not that hard. And if you have a elementary level of understanding of geometry and angles, then it's really not that hard either. You know, I, I personally don't necessarily care for the backup cameras because I think they make people lazy. I, I prefer to use mirrors. Fair enough there. That's a couple good points. But, uh, yeah, want to work our way now um, into the shout-out section. And, uh, Coach, I know uh, one that I always like here, but how about you start us off here with your, your shout-out for the week? Yeah, quick shout-out to Nick Hoyt. I think he made four two-point baskets in the paint on Wednesday at Midland, which is a little out of the norm for him. He's obviously known as a phenomenal three-point shooter, but uh, he, was, he was a driver and cutter and 
paint finisher on Wednesday night. So shout out to Nick. And, and I would imagine just based off of watching him play at Harrisburg that the four two-point baskets, especially in the paint, were the most since his middle school days, just based off of what I've seen. Well, he might, he might correct me on that. Yeah, I mean, within one game for sure. You know, he's always good for a back cut layup here and there. But uh, he had a couple that were just off drives. You know, he had a, a tight closeout and, and beat his guy and got to the paint. He even had an and one. And so, you know, yeah, that's, that's a big game for him. Well, my shout-out this week is going to come to avid listener uh, and fellow student coach alumni Jake Bilt. Uh, this last week was able to get some nice encouragement and words from Jake on the podcast that we did from last week. Uh, and it's just really nice to know that Jake is still an avid listener and likes the show still. So shout-out to Bilt uh, and appreciate the loyalty there. So appreciate you. Well, hey, that's going to do it for this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. Once again, I want a reminder here, this week coming up for games, uh, Wednesday, February 2nd, Mount Marty traveling to town, coming to the Newman Flanagan Center. Women's game will tip off at 6 with the men's game to follow at 745. And then Saturday here on the 5th of February, uh, traveling cross town, a cross town rival Morningside. Women's game tips off at 2 and then the men's game right after that at 345. So a couple big time tests here this week, Coach. Really looking forward to seeing how the guys bounce back. Uh, and everything like that. So best of luck to you and the staff and the guys, and uh, give them hell. All right, thanks, Bobby.